Yeah, what the hell was that? It is the APC podcast from AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation. A, uh, a West Coast stunner as the Packers lay an egg 26 to 11. The final score, the Packers losing to the LA Chargers and falling to 7 and 2. Uh, the only fortunate thing in my mind to come out of last Sunday was that uh, the rest of the NFC North, eh, they also lost too. So Green Bay keeps their modest cushion uh, between them and uh, Minnesota as they stay in first place. But boy, oh boy, they better watch their backs in the standings if they feel like foot putting a, a few more of those performances like that on the field. And uh, here we are, guys, once again, as we are every week, ready to recap a game for you guys and uh just regrettable that it was uh such a stinker i am zach rapport dialing it in from albuquerque new mexico follow the show at the apc pod on twitter lots of fun stuff going on there like uh random jokes also polls we ran a poll we'll talk about that a little bit later and i am joined by the usual cohort here to uh hopefully sweep this slop fest under the rug first in uh, new york uh, also wearing a knit cap, knit cap brothers today. I see in the video chat. It's Alex Patakis. How are you, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Ready to get this one over with as well. Um, <laughs> to anyone who watched the the full game, bless you, because I I was tempted many times to tune into something else, but there weren't a lot of other options either. Yeah, I was at a bar. And I was stationed right in front of the TV and I was there like by myself. I had biked there. So I, w- I was very mission driven. I was like, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm finishing my Miller Lite. I'm finishing my coffee. I'm staying. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I watched uh, the whole the whole sad affair. Uh, also joining us in Detroit, Michigan. It's Ben Foldy. How you doing, man? I did not watch that whole game, and I'm not going <laughs> to lie about it. I haven't even rewatched that whole game. I don't think anything interesting happened in that game that I need to see. People, uh, people come to us for for this hard hitting analysis, and uh, I mean, I watched like two thirds of that game, but then I had I had something to do. Like there was, oh I had a choice. God. I was presented with a choice of do I do this or do I do something else, and I chose to do something else. Well, I think in terms of total effort. In terms of total effort, I think that um, some some of the players, you know, really really only played about two thirds of that game, and uh, maybe they had something else to do <laughs> as well. I don't know. It was it was uh, pretty crappy. But um, as we do every week, let's start with uh, notable nuggets. It sounds like so far, I'm just reading the room here. Not many uh, nuggets were notable, but but we shall try. And uh, listeners, we will get to your notable nuggets as well. Um, they are. They are predictably sad in this case. Um, at the APC pod on Twitter, hashtag note nugs after every game. Let us know how you felt about the game. And, and I'll start just to set the table for us. It was hard to find one little nugget from this game uh, because the whole game just sort of like washed over me like some kind of liquid nightmare. So um, I'm going to go general. I, I think that this game says... Um, it's, it says less about the Packers proficiency and skill and potential going forward. And it says more about what can happen when honestly you just sleep on an opponent in the NFL. And Rogers talked about it after the game that uh, he felt like the players weren't focused. 
Uh, they weren't dialed in. You know, Los Angeles is a fun place. They got there 48 hours ahead of time. So perhaps there was some tomfoolery, some little this, little that, you know, whatever the case may be. I, I think that Rogers' comments really did reflect what we all saw on the field, specifically on on offense. Um, and that was mostly like a distracted football team. And And honestly, I'm not even that worried about the defense, which everyone is, is fretting about after this game, you know, did, did they take it on the chin a bit? Definitely. But, um, with as hot as the Packers offense had been coming into this game, you gotta be able to score 27 points in the NFL when you're in mid season form, supposedly in perfect weather at a stadium that is 75% full of your own damn fans. Devonte Adams was back and this was a game where the defense needed the offense to have their back, and they just did not. Um, so as, as far as I'm concerned, recovering from this game may be less about like looking at the film and correcting mistakes and more about just looking in the mirror and being honest about why you weren't focused and why you didn't bring your A game. And then um, rising above that ad- adversity because you know the, the, the train rolls on and the, the Panthers are up next. Christian McCaffrey is no joke. The defense... Uh, there is, I think, top 10 in, in DVOA. So, um, you know, we're in the meat of the season now, and we're really going to see how this, see what this Packers team is made of. It's what, I mean, like the only people who really saw this coming uh, are in Las Vegas, which I think is like another reason to kind of just throw this one out because the, I kept remarking with a number of different people on how incredibly low that line was for a Packer yeah. team that was like so great. Yeah. And, and it only raised to four. Um, and like you don't even really factor like three points of home field advantage for the Chargers, like knowing what the situation is going to be isn't even very many. Uh, like I don't even know if they were like factoring that in. So uh, all the sharp money was on the Chargers, which just like these games happen in the NFL. Yeah. And like I didn't see it coming, but I feel like I should have <laughs> because I kept wondering like why why is this? But uh, my, yeah, my notable nugget is is weirdly like exactly the opposite of what it was last week, where uh, I complimented. Um, both Mike Patton and um, mainly Matt LaFleur with my little LaFleur flag that I was waving that I can't wave this week uh, about some of the adjustments they made um, during the game and like, you know, simple things that didn't really happen under the latter years of Mike McCarthy in terms of halftime adjustments. It was very clear from the beginning that as talented as the Packers tackles are, that Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa were just game wreckers. Um, And I felt like for that, being so overwhelmingly obvious and then being what like the two guys who basically dictated the entire first half um, that to see the Packers line up in a lot of empty sets and five man protections again in the second half, just kind of like felt like in a way you're just hoping eventually your tackles win. And I get that they win a lot, but they weren't winning that day. Um, So I was a little disappointed because um, it felt like the Packers ran some like long developing passing plays or maybe they weren't even they just felt long because Rodgers had zero time to throw you know you're not they're not going to face you know too many better passing pass rushing duos than than they faced on that day but I thought they could have done a better job giving their offensive line some help like some chips here and there I saw it once or twice but at some point it just became like there's no way they're going to win with five-man protections especially when those guys weren't on their game um, you know, they had Corey Lindsley making mistakes, like everyone was making mistakes. Yeah. Give them some help. Um, is all I can say. It's funny that you mention um making halftime adjustments and how we had been talking about that recently because I tweeted out 
at some point during the game, just sort of uh, uh, a picture of my reaction, which was that Mike McCarthy WTF face. And and this game, to me, smacked of that classic McCarthy, no halftime adjustments. We're just going to like keep to the plan and eventually we'll out-execute the other team. It didn't seem like they really, like to your point about you know bringing in some, some help for the offensive line, it didn't seem like, you know, contrary to other games, they go into they go into locker room for halftime and they came out and just kind of tried to keep doing the same thing. Now I will say that um, in in their defense, it was still a close game at that point, but nothing was working and a lot of things were going wrong and we just didn't see they, they were the the wrench wasn't turning. No uh, no changes were being made. Yeah, and I don't know if like they clearly thought that that's how they could win because that's the the way that they like went into this game, but again. I don't know. Like it's it's weird. Like to have a Devonte Adams offense be so good with you know two tight end sets, utilizing the fullback and all that, and to scrap it all because he's back. Like we can we can do both. You know, like Devonte Adams doesn't need to be the coach killer. Like just because like, he's great, but yeah. like let's not stop being creative just because he's like uh, playing. And and yeah, so that that was that was frustrating to me um, quite a bit actually. <laughs> That's my note nug. Ben, give me your give me your note nog dog. I feel like this is almost a cop out because it's like, oh, you didn't watch the game. And it's like, yeah, sure. I didn't really. I mean, I watched some of the game and I, I'm going to instead of getting into anything really particular about this game, I'm going to kind of take a macro 30,000 foot view using DVOA stuff. Classic cop out move. I love it. <laughs> After this week, the Packers, according to Football Outsiders, um, the Packers are leading the league in variance, DVOA variance, which means that they're like the least consistent football team uh, in terms of DVOA performance, yeah. which I think is an interesting and notable nugget. There you go. That's a note nug. Yeah, it, it's it's funny because I felt like, you know, there were there was a few games stretched there where we really felt like this team was hitting our str- its stride, uh, particularly offensively. I think defensively, the team's been more consistent. But... I don't really know what to make after the last game. I guess the one the one thing that I would say is that the defense still seemed fairly good. Yeah, I mean, like the ch- the Chargers are pretty; they're a much better football team than they always actually their record ever indicates, it's as true. far as I can tell. I mean, they didn't allow a touchdown. The Packers didn't allow a touchdown. I think till the third, maybe the fourth. I, I don't. Unprofessional me. I don't have the box score pulled up, but they were keeping them out of the end zone. It was the blocked punt was the first yep. one. Yep, I remember that. I watched that long. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I thought that the defense still played fairly well, and this was kind of back to the kind of misfiring, you know, kind of what is this offense. Um, and I don't I don't know what accounts for that. Um, I don't think there's – there's it didn't seem like there's an easy fix. I mean, sure, you can be like, well, taking stupid, you know, penalties on first down is not a good start. And sure, it's not. But – you know, this also for the last couple of weeks did not seem like an offense that you had to be worried about picking up an extra five yards here or there. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing I want to point out, just because I'm looking at this chart and it's in front of me, um, Packers have the toughest schedule so far of any team in the league. Doesn't that seem like every year that happens? <laughs> I, it seems particularly intense this year. Yeah. I think remaining or like in total no no from what they've already played remaining they're okay yeah. but in the past like in the up to what they've already played the 
the Packers uh, have the toughest, um, yeah, the toughest average DOA, DVOA of opponents played this season. Um, I think that all things considered, like you know, it's a chance to take a step back and be and and really kind of look at the wins that are already in as kind of money in the bank and like not panic about a team being seven and two. Um, I'm still pretty happy with this football team, despite one truly wretched, unwatchable game. Yeah, indeed. Well, that's what we think. Uh, what do you guys think? Hashtag note nugs. Tweet into the show at the APC pod. Let's get to some of your reactions now. And they are, as I alluded to earlier, I think appropriately grim. Mark Wellner tweets in hashtag note nugs. Everything and everyone sucked. Not untrue. Chris Brengel <laughs> tweets in hashtag note nugs. Aaron shaves his mustache and the team falls apart. Also, yeah, that, that, uh, that seems to be true in this case. Uh, Ryan Ziegler, always with a hot take, says uh, the team was better without Adams. Hashtag screaming hot take note nug. <laughs> um, this one, a uh, little vulgar, but I'm going to read it anyway. Glenn tweets in, sometimes you think you're going to fart. And a moment too late, you realize it's more than a fart. And now you have a lot of introspection to do. That's this game in a nutshell. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's amazing. Let's get to, uh, here's a substantive one that I wanted to throw um, to you guys. If you watched this at all closely, hashtag note nugs from Citizen Kane 2.0 tweets in Jair Alexander has not been very good lately. I don't know what his... um, uh, what he's calling lately, let's say the last two games. I don't know. Um, what do you guys think about that assessment? Well, he hasn't made very many, like, uh, I guess, memorable splash plays. It doesn't mean he's not good. I'm trying to pull up Keenan Allen's numbers from the game because that's someone who's just absolutely murdered the Packers in the past, and I feel it's like true. he was matched up against him um, a decent amount. Like, to me, to me, the Packers, yeah, three catches for 40 yards. I mean, none of the perimeter receivers... Okay, Mike Williams, I guess, did pretty well. He had three catches for 111 yards. Um, and it felt like the the they dictated the game. I mean, one on the ground, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler combined for 150 rushing yards, and two like in that soft interior part of the defense that was pointed out as the main concern last week on the poll we ran on the on the show uh, podcast uh, Twitter account, um, which is like Hunter Henry. And then running backs out of the backfield, yeah, which is what makes me nervous about the Panthers. If we're yeah. looking forward, because uh, Greg Olson like still gets shit done at his age, and Christian McCaffrey is a nightmare and just like the most predictable like Packer killer, and I'm sure he'll go off uh, against them um, as long as the Packers aren't. You know, I think the Packers can still be very competitive and beat the Panthers as long as they're not putting their defense in as terrible situations as they have been, um, uh, you know, coming off of this past game against the chargers, but Jair doesn't seem like a problem to me, Like yeah. he, you know, he'll give up some, some big gains, but all in all, like he's going to make a lot of plays and kind of be in position a lot of other times as well. Um, I don't know if Ben, if you would agree with that, cause I know you were, you pointed out a few times when he didn't have his best game, but all in all, I think, you still have to be pretty happy with King and Alexander as like your, your two corners right now and the way they've been playing. Yeah. I think I'm, I have no complaints. 
<laughs> way more complaints about the 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 middle the soft middle the soft middle um yeah i don't i mean i i don't really have honestly don't have that huge of complaints about anybody on the defense after that game uh the offense was putrid garbage and the defense was fine yeah and, you know yeah that's had them in the game as much as they needed to be that is something that i wanted to talk about as we stray a little bit from reading these uh these note nugs is um, the idea that I knew that the narrative after this game somehow was going to be uh, a lot of the narrative was going to be about how the defense blew it and they play inconsistent and they give up chunk plays and bend but don't break but sometimes they break and and all the you know familiar familiar storylines from the Dom Capers days but at the same time you can't score eleven points in the NFL on the road and and win a game. 27 points is doable. We've seen the Packers do it many times this year. And so, um, as I alluded to in my note nug, or rather said explicitly, um, the defense needed the offense to have their back in this game, and they they just didn't. Just It was a no-show. Yeah. To do literally anything. Yeah, anything. I mean, when you think about some of the jams, like I mean, the blocked punt, like really put the the defense in an unenviable position. Yeah, giving up a touchdown there is almost like I'm, I'm I can't be mad at that. Yeah, it's it's not really on them, and uh, you know, I mean, even if you if you do the mental math, I mean, what that punt was blocked from what the the fifteen something like that. Yeah. Like it's not like the offense just could not move the ball at all. To speak of, um. Yeah, if I if I am Mike Pettin and I am I guess whoever's the responsible. I mean, I don't know if it's Nathan, if it's Hackett or if it's uh, Lafleur. Um, yeah, like I don't know who. I guess Lafleur isn't going to yell at himself, but maybe he should be. Um, Look in the mirror you know, and yell Pettin, at yourself. Like Pettin's probably yelling, but I don't think Pettin. He doesn't have that much to feel bad about yeah, after this week. I agree, and yeah. and. As we mentioned, special teams here. We'll move on to PJ's note nug. Uh, when was the last time the Packers had a decent special teams? Like 1996 with Nolan Cromwell was the coordinator. Um, it's it's interesting. I mean, we all remember fondly the uh, jet ski the the jet ski days of of Ron Zook. But um, outside of the the specialists themselves, that would be Mason Crosby. And uh, and the boy wonder J.K. Scott back there, old rubber leg. Uh, those two guys are on point, and then it seems kind of like a hot mess still from last year. Would you guys agree with that, Alex? Yeah, I mean, no point in this game did special teams have anybody's back. Um, the block punt was absolutely crippling, as Ben mentioned, and um, even times where J.K. Scott would kind of boom at the ball in previous weeks to at least like kind of help the offense a little bit since they weren't able to really eat much yardage or gain very many first downs, especially during the game, it wasn't like that was happening a ton too. So the chargers were constantly in favorable field position. And in terms of like being hopeful about like a big kick return or a big punt return being busted by anybody on this Packers roster, like there's just like, it's almost feels like an impossibility at this point. Um, Which is again, it all factors into why I'm not that mad at the defense. Although some of their numbers aren't great. And that probably factors into their DVOA variance because they have games where they look unstoppable and then games where they're very vulnerable, particularly against the run. But in this game, I thought that that became true because they were just tired. <laughs> like they were just asked to do way too much. And, uh, you know, this one's on the offense. Like that's, and, and a little bit of special teams. But yeah, um, 
I know the question was about special teams, but again, these things kind of all like factor in together. Um, and it like kind of was just a perfect storm to do the Packers in on Sunday. Yeah. As I, as I said earlier, the whole, the whole stew just kind of washed over you while you're watching this game of, it's just like this terrible nightmares, <laughs> nightmare scenario. Well, one thing, and I think this, I, I don't mean to get up on my, uh, Mark Murphy, you know, conspiracy theory horse here. Tell me what's grinding your gears about the big Irish goofball. Let me have it. Well, do you guys remember? I mean, this report came out that the Packers were going to hire Darren Ritzy, and basically they lowballed him. I do and remember that. This was like a Russ Ball special, potentially, or I don't know. You know, it was just, it was this, it came out in that story that was all about did LaFleur actually get to make his own coaching hires? Yes. You remember yes. there was this whole thing? And so Ritzy ended up going to New Orleans. And New Orleans has had decent special teams this year. Yeah. Not amazing, yeah. but, but like reasonably decent. I will say Sean Menenga, of all of the coaches, the new coaches that they brought in, and I was like religiously watching all the like intro interviews and, and press conferences and stuff. He was the one interview where I was like, I'm not impressed with this person so far. <laughs> it seems like, yeah. I don't know, there's always one where it's just like. I don't even remember what his pedigree was. Was he the one? No, there was, there was another one who I was also just kind of like, huh? And I think it was like it was it wasn't like the San Francisco offensive line coach that we promoted out of nowhere. Uh, yes, remember. the assistant offensive line coach or something. Sean Menengas, like uh, his main pedigree is that he looks like a human thumb. So that's that's, that's <laughs> all he's got going for. Uh, oh my god! Well, it's good. To, it's good to know that that the more things change, the the plus the change. Yeah, you can uh, you can always count on always count on. Some things, death taxes, and your, your special teams being not not great. Not great, Bob. So let's move on. Not great, Bob. <laughs> let's move on. Um, we ran a we ran a poll a, a, at the APC Pod again on Twitter. I, I probably I realized that recently. Um, I probably say at the APC Pod on Twitter just as like audio filler, probably like a hundred times an episode. Alex, I feel like maybe you can relate to that as a guy who's had to fill a lot of time on the radio and like there's mm. a few things that you uh kind of fall back on just just kind of fill the airwaves but we ran a poll and to set up that poll i want to read a tweet from uh from ben sailor uh writing in going all the way back to the chief's loss in 2011 it seems like the packers drop weird games to unfamiliar opponents like the chargers at least once a year last sunday doesn't feel like cause for long-term concern personally but should it and then in all caps, should I panic? And so um, that gave me the impetus uh, for today's poll. Uh, we tweeted out, how worried are you about the Packers after Sunday's dud? Three answers, basically. Uh, not worried at all, a little bit worried, or very worried in the form of not at all, keep her moving, a little bit, or selling my stock. And, uh, oh, it jumped up. Previously, I checked this poll like uh, four minutes ago and uh, 0% had selling my stock. But now 2% of respondents are selling their <laughs> stock. They're done. They're done with this team. They think they've been exposed um, as frauds and the panic alarm uh, is ringing. But 61%, most, most respondents are saying they are a little bit worried. I, I wanted to check your pulse on, on this. Alex, I'll start with you. Um, on that sort of three-tiered system, you're not worried at all about this loss and what that means going forward. You're a little bit worried, or you are, um, you know, burning your Lafleur flag. No, the flag <laughs> stays. I, um, I, 
I've answered uh, Keep Her Moving, and I, I would think that most fan bases would have something similar to say um, to Ben Saylor, who wrote uh, in and pointed out that an unfamiliar opponent, like on the road, is that that's just something that happens to NFL teams. Yeah, not that worried because the yeah. Packers like road to try to get through the playoffs is not going to have yeah too many unfamiliar opponents. Certainly none that they would have to travel to Los Angeles to face. It's a really none that they would probably be underestimating because yeah. they look at a four and five record and forget it's a team that won 12 games a year ago with similar personnel and just had bad luck. And I think every single one of the Chargers losses was by a single score so far this season. So they're not actually that shitty of a team. They're just a team that seemingly always finds themselves at like the ball with, you know, like a minute and a half to go and Philip Rivers has to work magic and it doesn't always work. Like, that's yeah, just well, and like, that's the Philip Rivers era. And, and in the week prior to this game, they uh, fired their offensive coordinator. Yeah. Who was so, you know, not working out and they replaced him with a guy who decided, oh, we have really good running back. Maybe we should um, try to use his talent. And they did against the Packers who have been exposed in that way uh, a few times this year. So, yeah. And, and they get exposed that way in games when the offense isn't, playing well because teams then are able to but like if if this is a game i I guess the reason i'm willing to say like keep her moving is i'm not that worried about the run defense though it is really bad uh at times um is because of what we've been talking about for weeks now what ben mentioned like you get to the playoffs you're facing great teams if your offense is clicking the saints aren't going to necessarily rely on their run game to beat you they're going to be throwing the ball a lot like that's what teams do yeah. Um. And every team in the NFL has a vulnerability right now. Like the Patriots finally looked beatable. Their offense certainly has looked beatable many times this year. And that's kind of the gold standard. And oddly enough, there's one unbeaten team in the NFL, which I feel feel like is incredibly beatable in the 49ers. Um, and I think that there's a chance they get exposed pretty soon. So when you look around, you sometimes you have to step out of just the Packer view and look like around the NFL and every team has something that they're probably clutching onto that's like, oh, this is going to be what does us in. And the Packers are no different than that. Um, and even the best teams in the league, record-wise, are, are certainly no different. And that it showed itself in, Pat, in Pat's Ravens and even in games the Niners should have lost this year. So Yeah. I think that's a really well said. So Alex is a firm keeper moving on this poll. Ben, uh, what about you on your your panic meter? On your panic meter, are you not worried at all? A little bit worried? Or are you selling the Packer stock that I'm pretty sure you do not own? Um, do you own stock? <laughs> no. Um, I am not worried at all because I think, and I think if you are worried, you had drastically miss aligned expectations for this team yeah or Um, you're that or you're that like mercurial packers fan that's just like with the wind every week there's a new storyline like you're the person that gets riled up by the hot takes yeah i don't yeah i mean a a first year coach having a dud on the road with a team that you know has had has shown some really good ability at overcoming adversity but also you know every team has its day um and uh yeah i mean i just I, like i just think that i i leave that game no different than i felt about this team maybe from about week 3 onwards which is that they're in the top third they're like firmly in that top 8 to 12 teams in the nfl yeah 
that's all they really need to be at this point, as far as I'm concerned. Like nobody, nobody. It still looks to me like nobody's that much of a world beater. I mean, Kansas City at full strength is probably the closest. Um, I mean, the Patriots' defense is really good, but again, we run into this issue of like what happens when they actually play reasonably good <laughs> offenses or offense. very good offenses. Yeah. yeah, I like who's who's. I mean, is are the Forty ers that good? Maybe. I don't think so. Um, you know, the Saints are back to full strength. Like, I think they're a tier below the the top top of the NFC. But, like, by that I mean, like, sure thing first week by, probably. Like, I still think they win the division. I mean, the one thing, I guess that is the one thing I'm a little worried about, but I'm, I, I breathe a little easier because the Vikings lost to the Chiefs. Yeah. I think the Vikings are pretty good, and I still don't see a reason not to think that the Vikings are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Alex, I see you wanting to butt in. I just want it because I know we got, um, I think it was, probably shouldn't even be paying any time to it, but like an angry email about me <laughs> like feeling good and calling the road Chiefs win a big deal. You you called it a big boy victory, and we got a very angry email. Yeah, the the, the Vikings are a good team, and I think that, you know, it was just proven on Sunday that, like, even without Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs are fucking hard to beat at yeah. Arrowhead Stadium. Like, yeah, why is it really crazy to call that a good win um, for the Packers? Yeah, that was that was a great win. It's a, a win that felt inspiring to me, even against a shorthanded team. But anyway, I always uh, I always joke when I give out the email address, by the way, which is the APC podcast at Gmail dot com. I always joke that you can uh, that's where you send your long form love or hate mail this is the first vaguely hate mail that we've actually ever gotten in that inbox and um yeah i was a chiefs fan who said we were delusional for essentially holding up that chiefs win as as something to be proud of (laughs) which is weird because in a way it's like an indictment on his own team right you're kind of telling on yourself like i don't know why you wouldn't like you know just like feel like your team is good even if they're playing without an mvp when they played as well as they did like and have been playing as well as they have been without Patrick Mahomes, but whatever. All right. Well, I don't know. That's all I got here. I'm ready to like sweep this under the rug. We want to look ahead. How do we feel about the Panthers? <laughs> uh, we said uh, in our pre podcast meeting that we were ready to sweep this under the rug and just kind of look ahead. And then here we have spent now 30 minutes kind of dwelling on what went wrong and why we are or are not worried. But the, the Panthers are up next. Um, and we just learned today, so slightly breaking news, that uh, Cam Newton's never coming back this season. He is on IR, and it's uh, Kyle Allen. Is that right? Yep. Get that name right. <laughs> Too many Allens out there. I don't. I don't know what I'm. Yeah. I I feel like we know where the Panthers are going, much like Clay Matthews did uh, when he pointed out pre-snap to watch Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton taunted him saying, "Watch this." And threw a touchdown to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, we know where this game is going. There, McCaffrey is a great weapon. Uh, it's up to the Packers to stop it. But I also feel like their offense will be more productive. Um, so I, you know, I would, I would expect them to pull out a nice little victory, get to eight and two, which is an outstanding mark. Yes. Um, and then focus with some added time on the unbeaten 49ers. So 
Um, I feel pretty good about it. Although Kyle Allen doesn't make a lot of mistakes, the Packers will be a really good test to that. He finally did against the 49ers in a game a lot of people thought that the Panthers were going to upset San Francisco. But I think he threw his first interception of the season and his time taking over for Cam Newton, which is a fairly large sample size against the Niners defense. Um, So he'll be tested again against a really good Packers pass rush. And um, I think some of those turnovers that they weren't creating against the Chargers and a veteran quarterback like Phillip Rivers will come back this week and certainly uh, help boost the offense in whatever form it is in. Yeah, so, I got to eat crow um, because mid-game on Sunday I tweeted out like the turnovers are coming today, and they never came. So maybe they'll maybe they'll come against this uh, this young guy in uh, in Carolina. Ben, what do you think about the uh, the the Panthers here as the Packers look to to get right after a hot stinker on Sunday? <laughs> um, a shart of a game. Pan- <laughs> I think the the Panthers are be- are pretty decent. Um. I expect the Packers to win, but if they lose in a close game, I will not. I will still not be mashing the panic button. Yeah. Uh, but I, I expect rather the opposite. Well, not the opposite, but the the flip side that the, I think the Packers should win by a touchdown or less. I agree with that, and uh, I think that's where we should leave it. A shart of a game. That's the quote. If last week's quote was "This is a big boy victory." This week's quote is, that was a shart of a game. (laughs) Um, So with that, we are going to sweep this one under the rug. As I said earlier, I don't even think the Packers should look at the film. Just look in the mirror and figure out, hey, why didn't we show up? And let's uh, let's get right, move on, and take on the Carolina Panthers. For Alex Patakis and Ben Foldy, at Alex Patakis, at Ben Foldy on Twitter. I am Zach Rapport, at Zach Rapport. Follow the show at the APC pod on Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Keep those reviews coming. We got more this week. And um, it, uh, it fills me with fills me with joy and happiness on some crappy work days to, uh, to look back on that stuff because it means you guys appreciate it. And that's a nice feeling. And it helps the show. So keep the reviews coming. Uh, as well, uh, we are now on iHeartRadio for subscriptions as well as... Uh, Google Play, I think that's called. I'm not an Android guy, but you can now subscribe to us there. Apparently you couldn't before. Sorry, we fixed that. All right, we're getting out of here. Let's, uh, let's get right and beat the Panthers. Let's go Pack Go. Yo.